It is Thursday, so we talk a little bit technology. Nazreen Ibrahim, CEO of Socially Acceptable, joins us fortnightly here on the show. A little bit later this evening, but she doesn't mind. Nazreen, how are you doing? I'm great, thanks, Esther. Of course not. Uh, when I join my family, there's no uh, n- nothing about time. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, lockdown is slowly, um, uh, you know, loosening itself. Uh, the president coming on national TV last night. Uh, okay. Restaurants uh, have uh, cinemas. Uh, conferencing facilities have all been given the green light to now reopen, but many people, particularly me, are quite set in our ways now after two and a half weeks of order, two and a half months of ordering online, watching movies online, having meetings online. Do you think people are going to go back to that uh, real world lifestyle anytime soon? This is a good question, Lester, because I asked myself the same question today. <laughs> I actually had to leave um, my amazing work desk at home and venture out into the real world to go use uh, a facility somewhere else for work that I was doing. And I asked myself, do I want to continue doing this? Am I comfortable to be at home? Or am I going to become a recluse uh, and not know how to interact with other people? And well, what is my identity? Do I have a real one or do I just operate online and that's my identity? <laughs> so they, they say it takes six weeks to, 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 uh, to either kick a habit or to build a habit. And mm. uh, just coming in a little bit earlier into the studios this evening to rehearse and to make sure that our live stream was working, I got to encounter a lot more people than I usually do over the last two months. Because I have a nightly show, I could, after our producer Amy had set up the show, I could technically waltz in here at about 7.30 in the evening and be prepared for a nightly show. There is yeah. something to to be said about human interaction, but I was so set in my ways that I can do with, without seeing people from now onwards. I, it, it's scary to think that we can operate that way because I had the same uh, thought process today, the same sentiment about myself. And generally, um, a lot of people like us who are part extrovert, part introvert are happy to you know, I have human connection. Being a human being is about having human connection. But the more we build our digital identities by streaming online, talking online, meeting online, I think we're starting to question if it's the family are the only people we're willingly allowing to have in our personal spaces or to actually feel and touch or see them. So this is uh, this is becoming interesting because I know there's so many things we're taking into consideration from health um, to sending our kids back to school in terms of education and going back to work. Mm. The real fear is, is, can you contract the virus? So I opt then to work online. But we're finding technology is embedding itself so much more, whether it's Samsung rolling out its blood pressure monitoring in South Korea, and they're the only region to have it now, or Zoom upgrading their systems Mm. so that they uh, offer end-to-end encryption for paid plans and they don't come under fire as much as they were in the first Mm. two months of lockdown. So it's a very interesting time to be alive, not alone, but alive. (laughs)
But it's also fascinating of how technology is also catching up with a with a completely almost offline or online rather lifestyle, as you said. Um, Samsung bringing out. You know, wearable technology, which yeah. tells all your, your your vital statistics. Yes, you you could have. There have been watches before that you know tells your blood pressure and or your 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 heart rate and things like that. But lots of more wearable technologies giving you all sorts of information. You know about your health and your well being. And, and this is for me um, understanding this new. Um, drive that Samsung have only in that particular region in South Korea because according to some um, research that I was doing, South Korea's Ministry of Food and Drug Safety has given its clearance to the Samsung Health Monitor application. This monitor application will allow users to first calibrate their smartwatch and this is now with blood pressure. So you've got to put the cuff on, you know, that wrap that you wrap around and Mm -hmm. strap on your arm and then hook it on to the smartwatch, you calibrate then the blood pressure of what your your body is. So it will pick up how your body operates. Then you'll be able to tap measure, um, and and this will measure your blood pressure at any time through pulse wave analysis via wrist sensors on the wearable, the wearable being the actual watch itself. So, you know, this for me made me think about the correlation between uh, wearables tracking vitals for humans, like um, uh, your heart rate or the blood pressure, um, the number of breaths that you're taking. And I see also this is going to be absolutely fascinating is that they are assuring customers that the ECG tracking will be supported on the Samsung Health Monitor app within the third quarter of this year. ECG is around the health of your heart rate. Generally, what do people do when they need an ECG? They have to go in somewhere to a doctor with the correct apparatus or the emergency room and get an official reading. Mm. Now, what this is making me think about is how tech companies are moving towards replacing the traditional methods of uh, health being uh, a specific discipline or field and how humans um, associate their health with that as opposed to humans having more control over their health. Do we trust these tech um, pieces in place, considering that there is a significant amount of artificial intelligent systems behind them. And how do we then allow the health sector to develop? Yes. Just today, I was on a on a webinar with the ITU and our Minister of Communications was a guest, uh, Minister Stella Abrahams, uh, in the Benny Abrahams. And she was asked a question about the health um the state of health and how AI has impacted how health systems are being used in this country. And the, the, the answers were very interesting about how the AI Center for Intelligence here in South Africa is working with the health department in gaining statistics to better systems around uh, tracing and how people are served in, in health facilities. Now, anyway, Nazreen, what then happens to that? technology, wearable health technology. There's lots of concerns, obviously, about data privacy. There's yeah. lots of concerns. Also, I've, I've read recently regarding Google trying to move into the, into the health sector. And the question is, who then, who then do we trust with our personal health information, which is mm. wearable and then gets sent to a cloud somewhere? We don't know. 
So the, 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 this is the question on everyone's minds. There's a, a particular piece of software that's been brought in the country right now. It has great success in Europe. Um, and I know of it because I'm working directly on the project, but the, what the software aims to do is um, grab medical details or allow medical details to be stored in the system. So I, as you and I, as um, clients or patients, can go online, uh, register a profile, put all our details in. It can be medical history, your vitals, what you're allergic to, personal info, next of kin, that kind of thing. And any doctor can pick up this info. So it removes the necessity for paperwork, right? How many of us want that? Because every time you go to a different doctor, say you move area, you move house or whatever it is, you have to fill out more paperwork. And it becomes absolute nightmare, especially if you're getting admitted into a hospital. The admissions is complete disaster with all the amount of paperwork. So... And this example of this particular software that now needs to meet certain data privacy regulations or guidelines. In the EU, there is the GDPR that's in place. In South Africa, we have Poppy, which still needs to be enacted to its full capacity in order to fully protect citizens. I don't think that we're at that stage yet. While at the same time, um, AI systems are being put fully into place. And I heard today on the webinar as well that our minister says an AI regulatory framework is in place and policies need to be strengthened around creating innovation, but also guiding it uh, for correct and ethical use. So, we, yes, you know, there's, there's a concern to be had about the privacy of data here. And if our health is being tracked the way it is right now around the world through contact tracing for the coronavirus so that we can um, monitor and track how the virus is being spread. There's a very fine line about um, the infringement of the privacy of humans as well as the public's right to know and the greater good. Mm. I think that's where we can, we can find the fine line. Nazreen Ibrahim, she is the CEO of Socially Acceptable. She'll be back with us on air in two weeks' time.